listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? I bet you've all been wondering where the heck I've been. Who are you again? Uh, my look, name is Rachel. You're listening to uh, the Unscripted Film Show or Unscripted the Film Show. Mm. I've been away for so long I can't remember how uh, I announced the show. And Lewis is across from me. Cecilia is out today. But, um, yes, I've been away for a number of weeks. Um, last week I wanted to go to, to training instead of going to the show. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce that or not, but... Um, yeah, I went to punish myself instead. You could have come in here and talked about movies and said you wanted to go and pump iron. I had zero to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I was like, do I do two sessions this week or uh, or do I just do it on the day yeah. I should be doing it and then I'm not? Anyway, but it doesn't matter. So that's why I wasn't there last week. Um <laughs> And, yeah, before that I was in Esperance and Albany and, uh, yeah, a little farm out in the sticks in Cookerin. tour. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the place in Cookerin was lovely. It's a town I've never heard of uh, and it's it's near Lake Grace. I, I take it you've never heard of it? Never heard of Cookerin. No, I hadn't either. Um, I've heard of Lake Grace. Is, is it a very nice lake? Is it good? Uh, there's not much there. Oh, we really, really? accept uh, a great place for breakfast that had lactose-free milk. Wow. So, and the, the coffee was, we got a few coffees on our on our treks and it was hands down the best coffee. It was made by a little, uh, like an Irish lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grabbed our coffee, went and sat down somewhere else in Lake Grace to drink it and then went back for another one to continue our drive to Wave Rock. Uh, that was Chris's choice to go to Wave Rock. Oh. I've been there already, but that is why we stayed in Cookerin because it was close by and halfway between Esperance and, and Perth because otherwise that's a very, very long drive home. Mm. But, yeah, if you've not been to Esperance before, it's worth figuring out a way of getting down there. It's beautiful. How long did you spend in Esperance? Three days. Three days. So not very long, Um but, you know, we, we swam in the ocean and it was cold, but you got used to it very quickly. Uh, we went on a cruise, saw dolphins. Oh, lovely. I got seasick on the way out, uh, puked into a bag <laughs> and <laughs> uh, the stranger sitting next to me uh, handed me some wipes and took my puke bag. She's like, would you like me to... T- I'll put that in the bin for you. I'm like, oh, my God, lovely strangers. <laughs> Everyone was so nice. Are you do to get motion No, sickness? it was oh. the first time. Wow, okay. So... Um, it was a particularly choppy day um, and I, I never used to have anything like that but um, I have, since my son was born, I have often had like nausea like in the car sometimes if I, I can't look at my phone or anything when we're in the car. So that's that's new but being sick on a boat is brand new because in my teens I was on a yacht a lot. Oh, look at you. But I think <laughs> it was my mum's boyfriend's yacht. Um, but I think a lot of that was you're standing up and you're kind of moving with the boat. Mm. I think the problem with sitting on that boat was the fact that I was sitting down on the boat while it was bumping around and your whole body is kind of fighting against the motion. So I've, I've learnt my lesson. If I do anything like that again, I will be standing up um, 
yeah, at the at the back of the boat. But I got it in the bag. I mean, <laughs> congratulations to me. I felt it coming and I got a bag and I successfully got it in the bag, unlike somebody else on the boat. So, oh, no. So, yeah, did, I feel good. Did you, like, um, feel... So after you had evacuated... Yes. Uh, you felt fine after I that? did. I felt a little bit nauseous, but I oh. wasn't, like... I, I felt fine. I just stood up for the rest of the ride and um, Chris had to do basically all the parenting mm-hmm. um, and sat in the front little bit and then Bryce fell asleep on his lap for an hour <laughs> and he was adamant that I didn't fall asleep. I'm like, you did, but it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great though. I Bought some beautiful artwork from uh, Jamin Hudson who is, uh, there was a documentary uh, with the WA Film Festival that was about his life and his, his um, he had an accident mm-hmm. and became quadriplegic but he's gone on to do some wonderful drone work and photography and he also owns the, the cruise that we went on. Oh, uh, right. We, unbeknownst to us, I didn't realise he owned it when we booked it and then I put two and two together and then we met him he at the um, at the place. Mm-hmm. So Esperance Cruises, I think, is what it's called. And then he's got all of his artwork up there and everything. So we bought a piece of his artwork because he's pretty much his documentary is virtually the reason we went. Mm-hmm. And I told him as much because you know all of the the photography and the the drone skills that all all the things that he was taking. It was like, oh, how am I not going to Esperance? This is beautiful. I kept pausing the documentary and looking at where to stay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you get a chance to go down there, go down there and, and support your locals down there. So, mm. I was I was not expecting to talk about Esperance for five minutes, but there you go. <laughs> that's that's where I've been. But we do actually have a massive show. So, of course, the Oscars happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. I've got giveaways. I mean, I've, in fact, got so many giveaways um, that I can't get through them all tonight. But uh, one of them is for First Cow, which is a magnificent film and I can't wait to review it. Um, so that's officially out today. I've got giveaways, um, passes to a very special event that is happening um It's an in-conversation with Orion Lee and I hope hope that I've said his name correctly. Um, But, yeah, he's doing a bit of a Q&A sort of thing at Luna Leadable on Saturday, May the 5th at 3.40. So you'll get the movie and the Q&A or the Q&A in the movie. I'm not too sure which which order it's going in. Uh, but he's an Australian actor and he's been in the likes of Star Wars and, and, and that. So he's... A, He's a bit famous um, and he liked my post oh, nice. <laughs> when I put it on Facebook on, on Instagram. I was like, um, yes, I'm very excited to talk about that. And we have those giveaways. I've put them on Instagram, on Facebook as well. So um, if you go to our socials, just look for Unscripted, you'll find them. And we've got those giveaways. And uh, later on in the night, hopefully I will get a chance to um, put some tickets up for Wrath of Man. We've got a couple of passes. It's a new Guy Ritchie film which I didn't know existed, didn't know was out there, just received tickets. And I'm like, well, there you go. It's got Jason uh, Statham in it. Of course, he's a Guy Ritchie staple, isn't he? He's been in a few things. Yeah. So, I um, think he created, it was like his first movie was a Guy Ritchie movie. He's in Lock, Stock and... Yeah, Two Smoking Barrels. I'm pretty it? sure he was in that. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is April the 29th today. So it's officially out today. So I'll try and pop those up on our Facebook and Instagram later on today um, or tonight, I should yep. say. If we do 
um, we will be playing some sponsors. So if you'd prefer to call and we can post them out to you, our phone number is uh, 949-4294-9494-2100. 949-4294-2100. It's right in front of me. It, I'm so, so used to rattling off my work number. It, it's, used, it used to be so it makes much more, so much more sense when we were like one, uh, 100 Point one FM, then it made more yes. sense. Right, okay. That's why. This I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we have those giveaways and uh, probably next week or later on in the week we'll be giving away tickets to June again, which has got uh, Cl- uh, Claudia Carvan, Noni Hazelhurst and um, Stephen Curry in it. So that lo- looks fantastic. Lovely Australian movie. Along with First Cow, I also have to review Twist. Um, yep. Uh, I was missing in action when you guys talked about the un, uh, United States versus Billy Holiday, so mm. I might talk about that as well. And I also saw a couple of things because of the Oscars, Borat and uh, Two Distant Strangers. So I'll talk about that when we go through our Oscars roundup, which I think we should do now. Fair enough. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, you were talking about the new Guy Ritchie film. I yes. watched the, the old Guy Ritchie film, or the last Guy Ritchie film, which was The Gentleman uh, on the weekend. Oh, right. That is, that's the one with Matthew McConaughey? Yes. That's yes. literally all I know about yeah. it. Because <laughs> we, we were stuck in, uh, in lockdown last weekend, mm. uh, you know, Kat and I had a bit of time on our hands. So we were just like, let's watch some movies. And, so, <laughs> and sort through all my comics. Yes, yes, I did. I, well, not all my comics. That was. What were you doing? Because I'm like, has he brought them all upstairs and he's sorting every single comic? Comic. I, I couldn't understand what you were doing. Okay, so when when you have comics, right? Like I, I'm assuming other collectors do this or other comic readers do this, but your your comics are like in titles and then they're, they're in uh, number order, so alphanumeric order. Uh, and so if you you, you want to keep them in a collection, you've got to put them into that order. Yes, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So what I was doing was the, the comics I'd read over the last two or three years, I was just putting them into piles of what that comics they were. Then sorting them out in their numerical order, and then putting them into a uh, some boxes. But those boxes now have got, to get, have got to get sorted into a into like the bigger collection. Right. So that's going to take a bit more time. Yeah, that sounds intense, and um, I like it. I mm. like a bit of organisation. I do too. It, I think it, it gets I, me high. Yeah, I think I missed my um, uh, calling. calling in life, and I should have been a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> or or somebody like they somebody who they bring you in you've got a lot of things and you just go and organize their things into a, an order. Yeah, there's there's a lot of TV shows about that. There's mm. a lot of Instagrams about it. It's it's addictive if you start looking at stuff. I I've, I've currently got like, you know those document holders that you can have on your desk and you put files in them and they're for paperwork mm. and stuff. I've got them in my kitchen cupboards holding up trays, oven trays oh. and cutting boards because I saw it on some Insta thing. It's nice. fantastic. It's- anyway, let's talk about oh, the Oscars, okay? Hey? Let's talk at the Oscars. Um, I this is the first time I've watched it um, through in for a couple of years, and I really enjoyed it this year. And I think part of the reason I enjoyed it was because it was very, very scaled back. Oh my god, it was a scale! Back. <laughs> um, I felt like it was really personal. I felt because it was small, it I, I don't know. I felt like it was less of a big celebratory night and more of an intimate celebration of of work as opposed to this big glitzy thing. Um, So they had the new venue for this year uh, was Union Station uh, in LA Mm -hmm. and they decked that all out, a section of that with lovely 
plush seats and, and all that sort of stuff. And then they had um, other little places in London and, and Sydney where and other places in France mm. and wherever people were um, so that they could be streaming. Some people weren't there at all and weren't streaming at all. Anthony Hopkins, uh, one of them. His face got shown and he won for the father and he is the oldest person to get an Oscar. So, well done, Anthony. Um, do, you, do you think, because uh, he wasn't there, as you said, yeah. do you think he didn't think he was going to win? Well, I think there's – he could have gone to the London venue. Uh, he could have just had other things on like film and commitments or um, I've been nominated so many times that, I don't need to go. Um, who else was he up against? Chadwick I can't Boseman. even remember. I, I thought Chadwick was going to win, to be honest with you. Have you watched um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? I haven't, no. Yeah, so it, I tried to watch that and I guess you have to be in the right mood. It's very fast-paced and there's a lot of – it feels like a play and I can understand why he's been nominated because he's very – it's almost – I mean, obviously, you know it's him, mm-hmm. but personality-wise, he feels very unrecognisable. Like, it's a completely different role than I'm used to seeing him. And obviously, I'm used to seeing him in, in Black Panther. So, um, I can understand why he got nominated, but I just couldn't get into the film. I really couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I did did definitely try to watch it. But um, anyway, so uh, Regina King... Um, presented the first award and she was the one who walked in and introduced and one of the first things she said was um, she mentioned uh, a bit about the prote- uh, police brutality and, and uh, murders and, and that sort of stuff that very briefly but she said, you know, as a, a mother of a, a black man, it is something that pops into my head mm-hmm. and I thought it's... for. Like I've always understood like how horrible that must be and it, like the whole situation's terrible. But then I looked at my son and I thought, I never have to worry about that. And could you imagine growing up or like having a child and it's always in the back of your mind once they reach maturity or even like they look like a man, all of a sudden they become like in the eyes of the law and other people a threat. Mm. So, and I've never had to think about that and I will never have to think about that. And it's just... Um, food for thought but yes i i liked how diverse it was this year as well you've got you had quest love doing the music and you know it was great to just have one single person doing the music instead of the orchestra was he the the dj kind of guy yes yeah Yeah, so from the roots and he also did so he did the music there and he did like the musical um like he figured out where the music was going to go during the show as well so um yeah it, it was great um and they did focus on so when they were doing the the when the presenters were going through the nominations they I don't know whether they were told to write the stuff themselves or whether they got some assistance but they were told to to keep it personal um, tell a story so every time they were presenting something they were really giving you know um, I can't remember who it was now I wrote it down on another piece of paper but um, they were giving the story of you know the first time someone saw et that was what got them into Mm, mm. that sort of stuff and yeah just um a lot of really personal stories which i really enjoyed i felt like it it humanized the Mm. actors does that make sense or the it really 
Yeah, make them felt like someone you could know as opposed to this person that's on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it didn't seem – because, as you said, it was pared down. Mm. So it didn't seem like the big, glitzy, glamorous uh, thing that we've seen in the, every other year, basically. Mm. Uh, and it was interesting, though, because they'd pan across the audience and everyone was kind of, like, dressed normal. And then all of a sudden you'd see somebody in, like, a like Oscars kind of gown. Lots of people were in Oscars kind of gown. They haven't been out for ages. Yeah. Why wouldn't you dress up? A lot of people were dressed up. They were, they were yeah, there, was, there were a lot of people. But most, like, it, it didn't, when they scanned the audience, like, everyone looked more sedate, except for some people just, like, popped. Are uh, you talking about Carrie Mulligan? <laughs> Her dress went out, like, my miles and miles yeah. she had to sit by herself no um it was a big dress mm. um but i think the dresses were less uh, extravagant mm. um and a little bit pared down but the guys who i liked the suits of the guys who won for um best short film um what was it called uh, two distant strangers they were almost in matching suits i quite enjoyed that and again the Two Distant Strangers, while while I'm on it, is available on Netflix and I watched it because I saw mm. it on the Oscars. It's short. It's about 25 minutes long, uh, obviously, because it won for short film. Um, and the writer-director, Trayvon Free, um, started his, uh, his uh, speech basically saying... Um, you know, tomorrow three black men will die mm. by the hands of police and the day after that another three black men. And it just, this, the movie that he's made is about a guy who gets caught in a time loop um, and he stayed over at someone's house um, and then he's gone because he has to go home and mm. feed his dog. He's had, a you know, not a one-night stand but, you know, that sort of thing. Someone has met at a club. And he walks out the door and a few things progress and he gets shot by a policeman. Mm. And then he wakes up. Um, well, actually, the first time he doesn't get shot, something a little bit more in your face happens right. uh, that is very reminiscent of um, George Floyd and it's very upsetting to watch. Um, and then he wakes up and over and over again, different things happen and he keeps getting shot. Um by police, uh, by a particular policeman, actually. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of a reminder that this keeps happening over and over, every day, a different black man, mm, three different mm. black men. It, it just keeps happening. When is it going to stop? Um, it's, yeah, so it, it's a really fantastically made short film it also has something very important to say but it's available for free on netflix you don't have to spend any money if you've already got netflix um and you know it's a very short amount of your time and it's very very well worth it um Moving on, there was another really um, – I've got so many notes. I, I wrote so many notes. Um, Emerald Fennell, I, that was like the first award. This was for um, best um, original screenplay or adapted screenplay. I can't remember. I think original. Um, so she was the writer-director of uh, Promising Young Woman and I was very, very happy when she won. She got up there. This is a woman who um, was in The Crown. She's done a lot of acting work before that, but she she played Camilla Parker Bowles. Um, and it was a very short shoot, I think 23 days, and she was pregnant <laughs> towards the end of her pregnancy right. when she was – it was full on time to be um, doing it. And um, 
yeah, so she won. She got up there, had no speech. She's like, they told me to write a speech and I still didn't because I really didn't think I was going to win. <laughs> so um, she was she was lovely. Um, the What else did I put down here? Oh, the uh, another round, the Danish, for, or not Danish, the film from Denmark. Is that Danish? Yeah, I'd say so. I think so. <laughs> um, so writer-director Thomas uh, Vintenberg, it's a very personal story for him because it's about um, these guys who go on a massive bender and just spend, see how long they can get drunk for basically day after day after day. So, um, And he had some some issues like that in his life. So it is highly personal. But he got up there and he thanked Mad Mickelson and said, you know, you gave it your all not only for the film but for my daughter and, and then he tells the story of how just before they started shooting his 19-year-old daughter got um, was killed in a car accident. So it was a really heart-wrenching um, little speech but, yeah, something that's stayed with me. So, yeah, I should let you talk for a second. <laughs> uh, I would, but my uh, the details I had on my iPad have just gone away. Just my my iPad just went. I'm going to update now. Oh, how so, rude! Yeah, um, um, but uh, yeah, but I know I, I uh, yeah I did I enjoyed the, this Oscar, but it was very weird, um, and I found that the you know the people would go up there to stand behind a mic and there was an Oscar sitting in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird because I'm so used to... Someone handing them. Someone handing them the Oscar. Uh, and if there's multiple people getting handed the multiple Oscars. Um, and I was wondering if the uh, the Oscar was supposed to stay there and, like, they just go backstage and then somebody gives them the actual Oscar that they've won. Um, or, But I noticed that some some people picked it up and took it with them. So I'm not sure if that was the case or not. So I was, I was a bit confused by I that. I think it must have been. They were supposed to take them, surely, because they would have been engraved. I'm not. I'm not sure. No, I don't know because I, I. I think maybe you should have paid. I paid, should have paid more attention to to what was going on to see if that was the case. Because somebody went to walk away without it, and the whoever they got the award with pointed at it like, uh, "Grab your Oscar." Oh, so they did. Okay, so. Um, but it would be weird if it just was left there. I yeah. think they surely were supposed to take it. Yeah, it must have been. I was just, I just found it weird because I didn't, I didn't see the big deal of like in the past of like getting handed the Oscar and those kind of things. So yeah, um, do you think there was a part where uh, Questlove did like a musical um, trivia game um, where? He played a song and whoever was picked had to figure out whether it was a nominated song, a um, uh, a winner oh, yeah, yeah. or nothing at all. Mm. And towards the end that he talked to Glenn Close who picked uh, Dat Butt <laughs> and then she gave all of this information that you would not expect Glenn Close to know and then she got up and did a Dat Butt dance. And there was part of me that was like, that is so awesome. And then later on I'm like, they probably fed her all of that information beforehand. That had to be a setup. It had to be a setup. I know, I mean, Glenn Close is pretty awesome, but I don't know. But amazing. A lot of very specific information. An amazing recall, like to be able yeah. to, because I mean, probably that day she was had to go through it all. But to remember all that information, it's mm. like I, I couldn't, I, I'd meet people and forget their names straight away. So yeah. I don't know how she managed to do that. It's very impressive. We have to talk about um, Daniel Kaluuya's speech. Uh, did you get to see that speech? 
Uh, he won Best Supporting. It was wonderful speech. I, I didn't see that one because we uh, we jumped in a bit later. Oh yeah. man, it was it was lovely. Um, he he did talk about activism and we've got work to do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But once he got through that, he said. Um, not tonight. Tonight we're going to celebrate. I'm celebrating that I'm alive. And, you know, he thanked his mum. He's like, I got your factory settings. Thank you. And he's <laughs> like, isn't it great to be alive? My mum, my dad, they had sex. I'm alive. <laughs> and um, his mum and his sister are like, I don't know if they're in the audience or they were watching mm. from somewhere else, but his mum was made this face like, what did he just, what did my son <laughs> just say? And his sister's like hanging her head in her hands. I'm like, oh, Daniel, I love it. Just, you know, I think that's the first time uh, that anyone has thanked their parents for having sex at the Oscars. Well done, Daniel. First time. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, very clearly it's uh, something that's important. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm glad he got it out there. (laughs) I thought it was great. Um, Harrison Ford did the editing uh, award and he talked about how the editor got... uh, um, Blade Runner in his hands and some of his editing notes were like, it's deathly dull and it gets worse with every viewing. <laughs> it's like, oh, burn. But Liddy did just know. But, um, yeah, so that was cool. That was cool. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, the In Memorandum. I forgot that Ifrin Khan died this year. I know, yeah. And I was like, oh, my heart. Because I just don't, I mean, I don't know how old he was, but he didn't feel old enough to die. I was like, no. Mm. Um, so that was sad. And of uh, Kelly Preston as well didn't feel old enough to, to leave us. Helen McCroy only just died. Um, Conchetta Ferrell. These are just names that I look, I was like, oh, I really like that person. And, of course, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. So there, a, a lot of people um, got annoyed that Jessica Walters and uh, I forget her name from Glee weren't on there. Oh, right. Okay. And I was like, well. Mm. They just can't include everyone. Mm. And I don't know why they make the decisions they do about who gets on that list. But is it, is it uh, members of the Academy maybe? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. They, you would think so? Yeah, because uh, I would have assumed they're members of the Academy or, yeah, that would have been on that list. Yeah, like previously mm. nominated at least. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how they make their decisions. But anyway, I think we'll wrap things up now. Of course, Nomadland uh, 1, it is still out at the cinemas, so go and see it. Um, It did very well. well. It did very, very well for itself. Um, Best director, best film, a few other little things. Uh, Frances McDormand, best actress. Um, And uh, finally, I I was... was I, I didn't quite understand why Maria Bakalova was nominated um, for Borat's subsequent movie, film, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Because I was like, after watching the Oscars, I'm like, we really should watch that. Like, it's available to us. Let's watch it. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Oh, my God. Is it good? It's so cringeworthy. Oh, it's cringeworthy. Is oh, it good? so much. I mean, no, yes, I don't know. <laughs> How did you feel about the first Borat movie? It, well, it, it, it is played for cringy. But, it is, but, but oh, my his, God. There's a point behind it. I, I know yeah. that, that there's a point behind the stuff he does, but I just for some reason found it extra awkward to watch. I kept covering, I kept lifting my shirt and covering <laughs> my eyes. I'm like, oh, make it be over. Um, it's not that it wasn't good. It was good. Um, and I know he did some very dangerous stuff. You know, he wore a 
bulletproof um, vest for a couple of those occasions because um, he goes into like a, a not Joe Biden, um, Mike Pence, goes into mm. one of his like speeches and so, you know, he's doing some pretty dangerous stuff he and he, goes, he basically said, I'm never making another one because it was just too dangerous. He goes into one of Mike Pence's uh, speech and dress up as Trump. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's basically trying to sell off his daughter. Um, who's played by Maria Bakalova. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, And I'll explain after when we go off air, but um, I'm going to give it two um, baby cupcakes. Wow, okay. That's uh, that's low. Um, Two and a half. For a film that's nominated for an Oscar. It's uh, It's, uh, not nominated for an Oscar. Like she got nominated for Best Supporting. It was not nominated. Oh, it wasn't nominated for... For like Best Oscar. I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture. I don't think so. But I'm like, is it because there was a dearth of things coming out? Surely, I mean, she did a great job. She was very believable. Um, But yeah, it's... it's, No, it it didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Hard to watch. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Those were the smooth, sultry sounds of me. (laughs) 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 I'm in a good mood today. Um, Anyway, I think because for the first time ever, for a long time, um, I've made lots of notes. (laughs) You've, you've noted the hell out of your, your notebook. I you have. To, you have to I buy have. A new one. Honestly, um, so I we were talking um, previously uh, about uh, a film called First Cow, and the reason we're talking about it is because we do have giveaways. Um, the it, it would be name on the door. So uh, if you haven't didn't get a chance to call in, um, join us on Facebook or Instagram, and just follow the directions, and we can get the, your name at the box office or at the door. Um, just head to the box office, I, I, I believe it is. I should check my email. That would be helpful. But, you know, who would do that, honestly? Um, so, but I'm, I'm, I love it when I see a movie and I'm super excited about talking about it because it makes it really, really easy. Although I finished the movie last night and I was so excited I went and talked to Chris about it <laughs> and... Um, it, it didn't go very well. He's like, you're going to have to figure out how to how to streamline that. Um, I've got to ask a question though because yes. when you say first anything, uh, first lady, first dog, um, it always reminds me of the President of the United States uh, <laughs> because – It does not do that for me. Does it not? No. Um, I When I saw that, I was like uh, – I keep wanting to call it Holy Cow because I think there was a movie a few years ago called Holy Cow um, – uh, yeah, I can't remember, but anyway. So I take it the, this cow has nothing to do with the American pres- presidency? No. No, it doesn't. Fair enough. So this film is out today. I thought so he might have been a cow that Joe Biden goes out and gets his milk from in the It's the literally the first cow in America. It's not based on a true story. The first um, cow in America? Yeah. Wow. So it's set in the 1820s, frontier land, Oregon. Picture yourself. Smelly breath, horrible clothes. So this isn't a documentary then? No. (laughs) (laughs) I actually answered that like straight for a second. I was like, what? No. (laughs) Um, So it it starts out following a young man called Cookie played by um, John, I wrote his name down, where is your name? That's the problem with notes. Okay, John Magaro. So he's a bit of a character actor um, and... uh, I couldn't quite recognise him at first, but he does a wonderful job. So he he plays a guy called Cookie and he's 
he's on this trappers group, um, you know, they're getting furs and selling mm-hmm. them, you know, sending them off to France or wherever they need to be and he's their cook basically. But he's a very sensitive, timid man. You find out later on in the series that he was an indentured servant with um, a baker back in Boston and this is a big part of the movie because he runs into an, uh, a young guy called, well, a guy called King Lou played by um, by Orion... Orion Lee. Mm-hmm. So he's a Chinese immigrant who he's kind of on the run. He's he's there's reasons why he's on the run. He's not a nefarious character at all. But these two um, join to be together. They become fast friends, and they're kind of not cut out for this new world. Um, Cookie is, like I said, very sensitive, very gentle, and he's not really like you know, wanting to hang out with these super macho men mm-hmm. who are, you know, hunting and, and skinning things alive and, well, not alive, I'm sure they kill them first. <laughs> but anyway, so they become friends and they're like, how can we make money in this land, you know? And they they find out about this first cow. So the cow is owned by um, Chief Factor, played by Toby Jones, and he is a wealthy landowner. So he's got a proper nice house whereas everybody else is like living on the land or on little huts and sweeping out the mud from the front of their hut um but he he brings across a a cow because he's english and he wants tea and butter and cream (laughs) so he brings across his cow and these guys think about cooking um some little cookies because wouldn't that be nice and they could sell them at the market Mm. and they could make a lot of money because there's really not that much around food-wise in that area. Um, they've got wheat and water and they can make some kind of a bread, but, you know, there's no sweetness. So, because um, there's, there's no milk available. So, I had chickens already. Um, they must have chickens if they're making... He didn't use eggs. No eggs. No eggs. Wow. Um Thank God there was no one that was uh, you know, gluten intolerant back in the day. <laughs> well, actually, um, um, King Lou mentions that milk doesn't agree with him, so he doesn't he doesn't eat the cookies. But oh. anyway, um, so they make these cookies. They go out in the middle of the night and they're like stealing the milk and they make these cookies and they take them to market and start selling them. But of course, Chief Factor comes along wanting to taste one of these famous cookies that everyone's talking about, and. Um, is he going to cotton on that how are they making cookies if there's no milk available? They're not actually even calling them cookies. They were calling them oiled cakes right. because he was cooking them like in a frying pan sort of thing. It's it's interesting to see how the how people must have had to live and think about how people had to live back then. There was nothing there. Um you know, as one of the characters says, it's untouched by history. I mean, technically not because mm-hmm. there's Native Americans there and they have been for a very, very long time. Um, but from his perspective, being Chinese, you know, there's a long history in China, um, you know, if you want to put in quotation marks, civilised history mm-hmm. is what he's referring to. He's also been to France and London. He's quite the traveller. Um, so... It is kind of untouched in a way and especially where they are, which is in Oregon where it was filmed and 
you know, yeah, there's nothing there and you think about how they they have to think about jobs to do so they can barter with each other and figure out how much something's going to cost based on, you know, I want those pair of boots because my old ones got ruined in the river while I was catching a fish to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that sort of stuff going on. Everyone's got these weird little jobs. It's a really well-rounded film. Like... Um, I, I had the pleasure of watching it at home with my headphones on and I think it would be the same experience at a cinema where you're completely surrounded by the sound and it's almost meditative. Like there's – I've really just enjoyed every part of this film I, I, and it's it's directed by um, Kelly Reichard who the only other film I've seen her do is Wendy and Lucy which is wholly depressing mm-hmm. and um, I had a – quick chat to Arda before she left and a few of her past films have been quite depressing. That's not the case with, with this film at all. Um, even though it's a small plot, there's a small story going on, it really is about friendship and, um, you know, trying to survive in this this really harsh world and it's, a yeah, like a Western fable kind of thing. Mm, mm. Um, but even though it's a very small story... It still has really tense moments in it and I was surprised at how tense I was getting. Like, are they going to be found out? Oh, my God. Because they're trying to save money to go down to, like, San Francisco and build a hotel. So um, because they're making quite a lot of money from from making these oiled cakes or cookies or whatever they want to be called. Um, Something that doesn't taste like dirt. Oh, my God. I know, basically. And, of course, they're going to make money doing that because people are desperate for the taste of home. Mm. Um, so it's it's a really well – it's an understated film, but it's so well done. Um, there's a, it's, It really puts you in the world and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, – Native Americans in it um, from the Chinook tribe and they're talking in their language and um, so I'm like Googling, oh, Tilikum, I know that word. That's like the whale and then I looked it up and it's like it's one of their slang terminologies for like a group of people. Um, So, yeah, I kept looking up things. Another thing I looked up was cribbage. Apparently it's a a card game. I thought it was some kind of soccer game because uh, a guy with a Scottish accent was talking about it. I'm like, are they, is he talking about soccer? What is he talking about? Um, yeah, it was wonderful in every single way it could possibly be wonderful. Um, and its alternative name was Slow Elk because this is what the Native Americans called cows when they came into <laughs> came into the country because they would never, u- never used to be there. Mm. They're completely imported. Um, and it's based on a novel by Jonathan Raymond called The Half-Life and I would be interested to find out how much of the story is fleshed out in the novel because in the movie you kind of have to kind of figure things out yourself and I really like that. It doesn't lay it out on the plate there. You're kind of just experiencing it with them. Um so I'm going to give this four and a half um, oiled cakes. <laughs> uh, it's an absolutely wonderful movie. It is out today. And, of course, we have those tickets to that very special In Conversation event at Luna Leaderville, May the 15th, 3.40. We've got tickets on Instagram and on Facebook. If you're waiting for my review before sending those, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be inundated now because um, I've babbled on for a very long time because it's a very good movie. That sounds very, very interesting. Because it's a screener. Sorry. <laughs> 
because it's a screener, I watched it last night because, I mean, as a reviewer, you get mm. sent, you can't go to all of the screenings and because we've been closed down for COVID, we had to have screeners. And then I started re-watching it today because <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, another film. I'm sorry, you probably have other things to talk about. No, 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 no you, you keep going. You've, you've, had, you've had three weeks of not being on. So <laughs> you, you let it out. This you know, is like the, the week that I was here by myself, I was really struggling. Mm-hmm. I think it's because there's somebody in front of me. I think if I need to be here by myself next time, I just need a life-size cutout of, one, of yourself or Cecilia so I can just <laughs> look at you and talk at you. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does help. It really does. It super does. Even if, even if all the other person's always going, uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Which is pretty much what's <laughs> happening. And I apologise to our audience if you're like, I'm sick of that voice. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Um, so the other film I'm briefly going to talk about today is Twist. I'm only going to briefly talk about it because I don't expect anyone to see it. Um, <laughs> and that's because it's terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I don't know who the audience is. I honestly don't know what it's... Um, what its rating is because when I got sent the screener, it had rating TBC. Oh, okay. And it's a twist on the Oliver Twist um, story by Dickens. Mm -hmm. So it follows a young street artist slash uh, parkour guy called um, Twist. I was like, what was his name again? (laughs) Um, His nickname is Twist. His actual name is Oliver. Um, And he kind of doesn't fit in. He he, had a mum. She died. And he was, that was her person. So now he's kind of just, um, you know, graffitiing his art everywhere and he's kind of a bit of a lost soul. Uh, it's, he's played by Rafe Law. Um, and if that name, the surname is familiar, it's because he is the son of Jude Law and um, Sadie Frost. So I started watching this and I kept looking at him like, how, it's not possible for anybody else to look that much like Jude Law unless you're actually an offspring of his. So I looked it up and, you know. And it's definitely Rafe, it's not Ralph? Well, his, his, I wrote I, I his name know. somewhere else and somewhere else it's, his name is Raphael or oh, okay. something like that. So I don't think it's Rafe, I think it's Raph. Right, I don't know. I don't know. It's not important, guys. It's not important. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shall move on. Well, you should move on. I'll just listen. <laughs> Um, But anyway, it's got Michael Caine in it playing Fagin. Um, You've got uh, Lena Headley playing a character I can't remember the name of. Uh, Rita Ora playing a character called Dodge, so Artful Dodger. And here's where the artful thing comes in. It becomes a story about an art heist. So um, you've got these group of street smart parkour kind of hustlers and they're all like under the they're all outsiders so Fagan has taken them under his you know care basically come on lads come on lads get in here get in here come on come here i like art and let's do a heist with art because this dodgy old bloke here played by david williams he's dodgy and let's sort him out um does he say, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off? <laughs> no, he doesn't do that, mate. No, I think there was a bomb involved, <laughs> but I think it was to blow the pipes. You're only supposed to blow the pipes apart. <laughs> so so the water goes <laughs> on these art gallery and he has to close it for a bit and move his artwork so we can steal it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> um, it's a terrible film <laughs> and I wish it wasn't because I watched the trailer and I thought, geez, that's a bit fun. Yeah, that, le- that looks good. I'll watch that. Wasn't. 
Oh. And I think the problem I have with it is I really couldn't understand. If, like, if it was based, if it was directed for a youth audience, I could completely understand that. Um, but the problem is there's a little bit of murder in it. There's the F word thrown around a couple of times. Um, and, I mean, essentially you're watching people who are criminals. Mm-hmm. So it's like... and. <sighs> Yes, yeah, so I didn't understand if it was for youth. But, and, and then at the end, they're like, they had to explain, he had to do a little narration right at the end of it. I'm like, hang on a second. You weren't narrating the rest of it. Oh, hang on a second. Yes, you were. <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, excuse me. But yeah, he narrates the end. So he has to explain to the audience what happened because it was kind of a very convoluted story. And you're trying to follow, you know, different parts mm-hmm. of it. It's like, is an art heist film really appropriate for like a teen audience? Are they going to care or are they just going to be like looking at the, you know, Rafe Law because he's very good looking? Um, it's certainly not Whatever for... Whatever gets you through. <laughs> it's certainly not for an audience that is my age because it's just, it was, uh, yeah, it, the dialogue was not very good. The storyline without the adult content would be focused for a youth audience. I just don't understand why they've made the choices they have. Um, I'm going to give this one spray can. Wow. Okay. That's pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, I can just just imagine the uh, the, the filmmakers going, please, sir, can I have some more? (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) One is all you get. Cecilia saw this also and um, I did say to her, it's probably the worst film I've seen this year so far. I mean, I know it's early, so there's not much else to compare it to, but pretty sure it's going to be the worst one I've seen. And I feel bad. I I feel horrible because all those people work so hard to make Mm. those films and there's a huge, like there's people who from the catering to the, you know, Michael Caine maybe wanted to buy a brand new car. I don't know why he did it, but it's, you know, there are there is an audience out there for it, just don't know what it is or who it is. But if you're one of them and you watch it and enjoy it, by all means, let me know. <laughs> and then I can figure out how old you are. Age set, ASL, do you remember that? ASL? ASL? Yeah, on, um, we're old. Um, on Messenger. Like, but Messenger, like when it was not Facebook Messenger. No. And you would go into these random groups and you'd start talking to these random people and the first question you would say is ASL, which stood for Age, Sex, Location. Right, okay. Yeah. No, I never... I'm a nerd. I never did... Uh, I'm proud that. of it. No, I don't... I, I, I avoided the internet for years. Yep. Yep. Well... Just lurked in the background. <laughs> troll <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure you were never a troll no. um so you guys did you review the united states versus billy holiday a uh, few yes, weeks we back did we what did. were your thoughts i'm intrigued uh we we really enjoyed the film um but we know it wasn't like you know it wasn't 100 percent historically accurate but you know it was historically accurate enough to to get an understanding of her life and uh her persecution yeah um and uh, yeah, it was it was a really good film, really sad, uh, but just beautifully performed. I thought. I I think um, is it Andrea, or Andrea, or Andre. Um, not sure how to pronounce it. I should be because she was nominated for an award. The whole time I was watching it, I was struck by how much she looked like Rhiannon or Rihanna. Oh my goodness! I'm not doing the umbrella, umbrella, yeah. Ella. That one. Um, 
yeah, she and and apparently online she's being compared to her a lot. Um, she's got the same jawline oh, or okay. something. Don't you think she looks like Rihanna? I don't know that uh, much what Rihanna looks like, so oh. it's very hard for me to make that comparison. Okay, well, it's I, I'm not the only one. A lot of people on face on on the socials, not the, uh, online. Anyway, anyway, um, she did a fantastic job, and it is heartbreaking when you think about her how she had to grow up mm. what a horrible life she had and i i was on another facebook group recently and they were talking about Brad Renfro who died i think of a heroin overdose and someone commented and said i don't understand why anyone would ever take up heroin um when you know it's just going to lead to an overdose and death. And I'm like, wow, that's somebody who has absolutely no idea what it is like to have a horrible life, that that is your choice. Mm. Um, you just, you can't, you can't make judgment calls on people who have chosen to go through heroin because they're choosing that because living in their own life and in their own brain is too painful. It is too painful. And it's also fairly addictive as well. It is very, very addictive. This is true. Um, and I do watch those scenes and wonder, what is it like to be on heroin that you would choose to do that? But I understand that people ch- choose drugs because it's a form of escapism mm. and, to you know, there's lots of reasons. But anyway, I just thought it was a very narrow-minded comment. Um, if I'm honest, I didn't enjoy the film as much as I wanted to. Um, I love jazz music, but I've always been an Ella Fitzgerald fan fan I actually never liked the way that Billie Holiday vocalized her her songs Um, but with that said I know she's a very important uh, person Mm. in that you know realm and the fact the strange fruit song in particular which is why she was targeted it is mind-blowing that that was even happening that people were getting lynched in the streets and People were okay with it. Yeah. They would just go and watch it like, ah, I've got nothing else better to do, you know. I may as well take the kids down for a bit of a watch to watch someone be lynched. Mm. Um, It it is a crazy idea. And then to hear that the government are trying to stop her from singing this song that is about that, um, yeah, it's it's craziness. So she had a very, very hard life. And Harry Anslinger, the... The prosecutor or the FBI yep. agent, I should say, was very, very celebrated um, because of his work. So, uh, on his war on drugs, mm-hmm. which is, um, I often think drugs is not the problem. Health, mental health issues are the problem. Mm. That is why they start, and maybe that's where you should put some funding. And also, just also the fact that at the end of the day, she was a user, and like you know, targeting her. It was kind of pointless. Yeah. It's like you, you want to target the people who are supplying the drugs and the yeah. people who bring the drugs into the country and, and all those kind of things. Um, and offer help to the person who's got the addiction. Exactly. Prison yeah. does not help. Mm, exactly. It's uh, it's ridiculous. And the fact that, you know, in the movie you'll see that, uh, you know, the, the way that she, she was dying was... You know, it was terrible. I mean, no one should die like that. It's no. just uh, absolutely And the fact that when when you actually read the true history of what happened, it's even worse than what they show on the film. I know. It's just like it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it, it was very horrible. Um, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. The music is fantastic. And I think if you ignore um, – I, I just felt like for some reason the story wasn't told – as fluidly as I thought it should be told. Mm. I don't know. It felt disconnected for me. Um, the, yeah, but I, it was still a good film, but I'd probably only give it um, 
three record players. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but that was my little thing. There's there's lots of other things. But would you like to talk because I've 100% stolen the show? Uh, well, um no, that's a no, everybody. Falcon, no, Falcon uh, and Winter Soldier uh, had a finale last week, um, which now means that we're... What, you haven't seen it yet? You haven't seen it yet? You're kidding me. We've only watched the first episode. Why? I was scared to tell you. Why have you only watched the first episode? Oh, I couldn't get into it. How, how can you not get into it? It's, it this, this seems to be more like a traditional Marvel Cinematic Universe film than the... Yeah, the other uh, than one division was. I I will I do plan to watch yeah. it. Um, I just felt it was all of a sudden it was really depressing after watching one division, which I get had depressing bits yeah. in it, but it was had fun bits. Um, one division was know. about dealing with depression. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I know, but <laughs> it was dealing with massive grief. I yeah, get it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I I enjoyed the stuff that with his sister with um, Sarah. Yeah, sorry, I, I was trying to remember Falcon's name. Oh, Sam. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed all of that and I kept, while I was watching, I'm like, Sam, she doesn't want to own the boat. You've been gone, dude. She's had to deal with this and it's costing her money to run this boat. She doesn't want to do it, man. Just let her be. Um, so I was the, getting annoyed with him. What's the problem with the first episode? That the, the, the show is called Falcon and the Winter Soldier and it did have Falcon and the Winter Soldier in it, but they weren't together. Yeah. Is that I, what got you? Maybe that's what got me. Well, from the second episode, they're together. So uh, you should you should watch that episode. I will. Uh, and then from the third episode, Daniel Brühl comes in as um, uh, Baron Zemo. And is he, a, so he's playing the same character? He's playing the same character, but they made him... So much better in this. Okay. Yeah, he's really good in this. And if you don't recall who he's from, he was in Winter, not Winter Soldier, um, Civil War. Civil War, yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, you've, you've already met John Walker in the first episode, uh, but then you get to hate him more as the, the episodes go is on. Is he Kurt Russell's son? He is, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, is he also the guy from Up? <laughs> That that is so weird because that first scene with him, I don't know if they had the chin strap weird, but he never looks exactly like that again for the rest of the no. season. So that first time when you saw him, I was like, "What are you doing? You're squashing his face to look ridiculous." But um, yeah, his his character's got a got an interesting arc in there. Um, but no, it's, it's only it, six episodes. Exactly, as well. exactly. Get stuck in. It's really good. The final episode is just like, oh, it's payoff city. Yeah, it's it's, it's just. Mwah. Well, that's what you want, Jeff's isn't kiss, it? If you listen to any of the smod, if you listen to uh, Mark Mark Nardin and uh, Kevin Smith, it's uh, it was um, very good. But if you have watched it uh, all the way through and you want to know every single in and out, um, Tangent City has released a spoiler episode recently. So you didn't listen to that, did you? I no, <laughs> no, no. I saw it and I I did not listen to it. Um, because I'm not silly. Good. But anyway, um, there's tons to speak about next week. Um, so fingers crossed we I haven't heard the news but hopefully everyone can get back in the cinemas and we can go and see some stuff because there's some great stuff and join us on Instagram and Facebook because this is where you're going to see all of the giveaways and we have many. So that's it. We're out. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.